Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yo, yo, what up, man? This your boy Baby D checking in, representing the ATL. And you already know what's going on. I done jumped off the porch with Dirty Glove Bastard. ATL, hope. All right, y'all. We got Baby D jumping off the porch with us today. What's up, bro? How you feeling, man? What up, bro? What you doing, man? Good, uh, man. Thank you for having me, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. Definitely a pleasure having you on the porch, bro. You, you know, you you bring a lot to Atlanta hip hop history, Atlanta rap history, mm. you know what I'm saying? So definitely, you know, just wanna uh, show love, pay homage, and you know, like let our followers, you know, learn your story and get an understanding of, you know what I'm saying? Somebody who like pioneered like some of this Atlanta rap shit. That's real. So That's real, man. And once again, like I said, it's always a pleasure, you know what I mean? And you know, when I, when I can get a platform to actually you know, it's really just go back and give, you know, the true Atlanta history, you know, from my eyes and what I seen, you know, it's always a pleasure for me to do that, you know what I'm saying? So once again, thank you, yes, you know what I'm saying, the whole team for, you know, having us come through yeah. and get blessed the porch, nah, man. for sure, <laughs> for sure, I'm trying to sign my name on it. Look oh, like yeah, everybody nah, signed on it We gotta get you to sign, we gotta get you to stamp the porch, bro. That's what's got up, bro. All right, so Baby D, like, you from the east side. Where exactly are you from here in Atlanta? Right now. I was born and raised on the east side with the March Trail, you know, March Trail right there. I went to Tilson Elementary, you know, so, you know, I was like, that was my, my whole stomping ground. Gresham Road, Candler Road, that whole little area, that was like, that was me. Okay, mm -hmm. okay. Mm -hmm. Legendary, you know, side of the town. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of music fans have heard a lot about, you know, all those streets and different areas that you've mm -hmm. Um can you talk about your upbringing, man, on the east side? Like, what was well, it like coming up? Well, in me, man, I'm gonna tell you, it, it was it was kind of different because, like, with what was going on, like, you know, now with all the technology and stuff, when I was coming up, it really wasn't, you know, when that when that when none of that going on. Like, you can click one button, like, with social media, and you can reach millions and millions of followers. Mm -hmm. But when I was coming up, we was going around with posters, you know, going up, hanging up the posters on the, you know, you had to actually get out and do leg work, you know. The, the Instagram and the YouTubes and all that, that was when they were so-called, when you ran the Chitlin' Circuit. Right. So you would go around and hit all the little towns so they can start talking like, oh, y'all ain't heard about such and such, mm -hmm. to get your name, you know, blowed up as far as music in stores. That was how people actually got a chance to see you. So, you know, when I was coming up, it was more of an interactive, you know, you interacted with more people, like, you know, face-to-face -face and physically yeah. than, you know, that you that you do nowadays, you know. So when I was coming up, you know, I was like, Sharon Showcase was like one of the first, you know, places that, you know, I might have, you know, got my first taste of a real, like being a re in a real club. Like, okay. you know, you got Golden Glide, you know, I went to Golden Glide. I went, like I said, I went to McNair, you know, so in McNair, I was in the band, okay. you know, I played the drums, you know, I played the violin, you know, so. It is more than, than, than to me than just you know rap music. You know yeah. I know how to play instruments. I know how to read music. It's like I'm a musician. I love music. You wow. know, that's 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 my 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 passion, yeah. and, and I would do it for money or for no money just because I love it. Okay. You see what I'm saying? So and that came from 
my church upbringing with my grandma. Okay. You know, she raised me, so me being over there, you know, being in church, playing the drums and stuff, you know, so I was always around a musical family, a musical uh, upbringing. So that's, I think that kind of rubbed off on me yeah. to, to be where I am and to do what I'm doing now, but with me not even really knowing. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Because I didn't want to, I didn't want to be a rapper at first. Like, I wanted to be a DJ. You see what I'm saying? So that's how I got into this music. Okay. You know, I was working at JR Crickets, you know, right there on the east side, right there on Keller Road, okay. right there yeah. south of the Cab Mall. <laughs> I'm working at JR Crickets. I bump into, uh, you know, the, the great, you know what I'm saying, DJ Smooth. You know, he part of the great Edward J team. And so at that time, he was, uh, he was DJing for the City Boys, that's Lil Mark and J-Man. So he was, he was DJing for them. And uh, he was like, man, I was telling him, I said, man, I want to DJ, man, I want to DJ. So he's like, man, for real? I'm like, yeah, man. So first thing he said, man, well, come on. So this time we, we, we walking around with crates. Okay. You know, at this time, ain't no, you know, ain't no, yeah, ain't no Serato. Yeah, no so we, so I was like, okay, I, you know, I'll help you do that. I'm trying to get on, so I want to be a roadie. Be shout out to Twin Production. So that's that was, you know, who we who Lil Mark and J Man, you know, who was all signed to Twin Productions, you know what I'm saying? So that was the City Boys. Okay. So I went around, you know, helping him, helping him, helping him. And then I it, somehow I ventured over into it being a hype man mm. for the City Boys. Okay. You know, so when that happened and it just and then my career just took off from them, met DJ Jelly, met MC Assault, you know, they was working on the same thing, DJs, you know, DJs run the music industry, you know, so you always gonna see yourself going back to a DJ. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So I went to the DJs and, you know, met DJ Jelly, met Big Oom, and you know, the rest is history. Wow. Wow. Okay, so now that's interesting because I, I definitely didn't know that. Starting out as a DJ, um, do you remember, like, did you did you get into it deep enough, like, to actually own your own DJ equipment and all that? Like, were you? Well, well, actually, I just, um, actually, I do got my own DJ equipment. Okay. And I practice, you know, yeah. I practice on DJ. But, you know, I learned how to scratch, you know, I learned the basics. And even coming from, you know, with the DJ Smooth teaching me a few things and, with, and what Jelly was teaching me at that time, you know, it stuck with me. And, it, and, and somehow, you know, like I said, you always got to go back to the DJ and the DJ is more like a, the core of the music. You yeah. know, they the one that controls the crowd and control the fans. Right. So as an artist, when I do hit the stage, I take that mentality, mm -hmm. you know, like I'm a, like I want to control the crowd. You know, I'm trying to control the, the fans. I'm not just up here, you know, just rapping and just just moving around. I'm trying to make sure that y'all having as much as a good time as I'm, I'm yeah, having for y'all. Sure. You know what I'm saying? On stage. For sure. for sure. I mean, that's the essence of hip hop, bro. Mm -hmm. You know, hip hop started with the DJ. And, and, and the rapper, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. The MC, you mm -hmm. know, move the crowd, you know what I mean? Yep, yep. So that like all is like from, you know, like that same, I guess, circle, if you want to say. Mm -hmm. um, now, that's real dope, though. And, and, and it makes sense, too, in terms of, you know, the type of music that you make and exactly. you know what I mean? And like the way that you've like done your shows and things exactly. like that, because it comes from a perspective of somebody who knows how to like control, control the crowd, crowd yeah. control, exactly. Yeah. And, like, and, and going back to what you were saying about the music, and if you do listen to my music, like, you know, it's, you can't really put me in a category because I make all kind of music because music is based on a feeling. 
you know, and as an artist, you know, I want to make you feel happy. I want to make you feel sad. I want to make you feel, you know, crunk, as we would say, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, you know, I want to make you feel, you know, sometimes just relaxed when you chilling, you know what I mean? So my, my job as an artist to, is to have the picture in my head on a blank canvas mm -hmm. and to paint the picture so that you can see it through your eyes what's going on in my head. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. So back, back, in your, back to your upbringing, um, I'm interested in knowing like, you know, you said you were in band, um, you know, like in high school, like were you in the sports? Like what, what type of cat was you in the neighborhood? Like what well, did me know in, in, in my neighborhood, you know, me, I was more like, you know, just the average, you know, the average, you know, east side kid, I guess you could say, you know, because at that time, you know, it really wasn't a lot of gang bang going on. It was more like size, you know. We was, we was proud to be from Mark Trail, you know. It was like, you what street you from, where you from? We from the east side. So we was just proud to be from the east side. Mm -hmm. So at that time, I think, I, I think, and I know, you know what I'm saying, that I've contributed to that era of what what the city started representing and stuff like that. But at that time when I was coming up, it really it really wasn't that. You know, an average kid going to going to summer camp, you know, got into the same little fights, you know what I'm saying, did everything, you know, just a normal kid would do, you know, and but I think that uh, my life really, really changed, you know, once I, like I say, once I started getting into the clubs, once I started leaving, you know, the east side and I started going to the west side, going to okay. going home, hanging with, you know what I'm saying, Lil Mark, J-Man, Moot B, you know, Shawty Low and all them when they used to be in there, you know what I mean? So yeah. I used to go over there and, and I started seeing different things and I started seeing like, okay, you know, people, you know, from here, they scared to go over here, but we still on the same thing, you know what I'm saying? We just got a different lingo, you know what I'm saying? We come from different sides of the, of the city, yeah. you know what I mean? So I think that kind of opened my eyes up and, and it just made me venture out into to, to, to actually experiencing yeah. the things that you would say, like going to the hood now, now I'm smoking weed, now yeah. I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'm fucking with, D, I'm, I'm fucking with these folks, I'm fucking with these folks, you know what I'm yeah. doing? You know, all the, all the shit, you know what I'm saying? Getting in trouble, you know, yeah. selling, doing all that. You know, that, yeah. all that happened, you know, as I got older. But, okay. you know, when I was younger, you know, it was just, I just I just, I came from like a middle class, you know, upbringing, right. you know, just, just chill, really. Yeah. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bottom up at participating McDonald's. So, what age would you say uh, you jumped off the porch? I jumped off the porch early. I say about twelve. Oh wow! Because that at that time, I think, like I said, that was when I was getting my first test, like like my first little taste of you know the streets. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Because I used to walk back and forth to school. You know, this was a time when, like, we was just to walk to school and, you know, and fight at them before, before the bus stop. And, yeah. You know, they actually go home, you know, and come yeah. back and be friends and right, like, right. that type of situation, yeah. you know. So we was, you know, so I was, you know, I, you know, it was just really like, man, it was just like really cool, you know, to me, you know, going, going, going when I was going to, you know what I'm saying, to elementary school and stuff like that because, at, once again, it, it it taught me, you know, a little leadership and yeah. stuff like that. So when I say I say I was uh my grandma, I was asking her to buy me some shoes or something. And she wouldn't buy it for me. Mm -hmm. So I, I think I got upset. Mm -hmm. And I and so I was like, you know what? I'm finna just start doing my own candy business. So I think at that time right there, that was my first time that I think I really just jumped out of the porch because I was like, 
I was like, I'm gonna do what I wanna do. And then mm -hmm. I started going, I started just sneaking out the window, going to, to get candy early before, you know what I'm saying, coming home, bagging the candy up, mm -hmm. and then going to school, selling the one cent candy for the two cent candy. Uh -huh. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. that's why I say I jumped out of the porch early. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, even though I was, I didn't know what I was doing, I, now that I'm older now, I know that I had determination. And oh, I, was, yeah. I, and I, was, I had a business aspect and a grind and a hustle in me that, that I know that, that took me on to where I'm at now. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. that hustle mentality right yeah, there. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? It's, shit, they say it's in you, not on you. It's, exactly, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Now, that's what's up. So, um, so you jumped off the porch. Um, you kind of transitioning from you know, playing instruments in the church and all that and like starting to like get a feel for the neighborhood and all that. Exactly. Um, did you have any big homies like coming up? Did you have any OGs yeah, that was like kind of well, helping you navigate? Well, when, you know, and, and, and at this time, you know, and I, and I can't even, you know, I really like, 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 like my homeboys were like, like Tyrese and, you know, and Chuck Dallas, you know, you know, the Dallas brothers and these was like the like the older kids in the neighborhood. Okay. You know, that 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 when I would be coming home walking from school, they would be like, you know, what you doing, man? You know, you know, saying like on minutes to society yeah. type thing. Where you yeah. going, man? Give me that football, you know, yeah. rough me up type situation. But at the same time, they would just know cause they were from the neighborhood. They ran the neighborhood and they knew that Gresham Road, like at that time we was having we was beefing with Gresham Road. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like we'll go to Sharon Showcase, get in a fight with Gresham Road, and Gresham Road come down the Mark Trail Park. We get in a fight with Mark, you know. So that what was going on. But yeah. me, you know, they knew about it, so they was controlling that whole situation. So they was, you know, you know. Now that I look back at it, I can say that them were my big homies. You know what I mean in the neighborhood. Yeah. But you know, as I ventured out, you know, what I'm saying my big homie became like big unk. You know, what I'm mm -hmm. saying because you know at that time when we first started, you know, it was like big unk was still, you know, you know hustling the mixtapes and stuff. You know, out the back of the trunk. So that was once again another business mind and another businessman that you know what I mean that I was like oh okay I want to be like him I, yeah. he got he, he doing with something I want to do he loves doing the music he his own boss that's what I want to be mm -hmm. you know what I mean then invention on from that to you know what I'm saying big meets you know what I'm saying so it just keep going on and on I learned a lot of game from him yeah so it's like you know I can't say you know that I got one big homie because me I got a collaboration of big homies you know what I'm saying from me going to chain gang learning lessons and there you know what I'm saying going to you know Ohio learning lessons going yeah. you know all these different places learning these lessons from all these different people so you know I you know my own my I can say my only big homie would be God for real because yeah. you know he protected me through all okay. that and gave me the game you know what I mean? To learn and listen, how to watch, how to do this, how to do that. You know what I'm saying? When to speak, when not to speak. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Okay. Word. Um, what would you say is one of your biggest life lessons that you learned, you know, um, in the streets or just, you know, period in life? Well, one of my big life lessons that I really learned is that you can't really trust nobody. You know, you can't trust nobody, especially when you're doing business. You can't trust nobody, really, period. You know what I'm saying? Unless it's your, your mama, and sometimes you can't even trust your mama. You know what I mean? Go with your first mind, and you know, you always have that gut feeling. You know what I'm saying? I always feel you just go with that gut feeling, you know, and then you probably you know, maneuver, but some some things, they will hit you from the sideline. Mm -hmm. And you know, you can't prevent it, you gotta take that hit, but you know, it's all about how you bounce back up, right. is what makes you, you know, stronger than the hit you just took, so. Wow, most definitely. That's why they say business over personal. Exactly, you know exactly. I mean? 
So um, what is uh, like one of the, what is like one of the keys that you, like one of the keys of life, I guess you could say, you know, that you kind of like keep with you, like to, that just helps you to maneuver and, you know, like kind of like stay out of BS. Like how well, do you- Well, one of, the, one of the things that I did learn in life from my grandma always instilled this into me and that was speak when you spoken to. Uh. You feel what I'm saying? So that, I think that's one of the key things that, you know, kept me out of a lot of stuff, you know what I mean? Doing the, everything that was going on and saved me from doing a lot of time. Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? I speak when you're spoken to. If you're not speaking to me or about me, then it ain't about me. Right. You see what I'm saying? I ain't, I don't have no place in it, so don't even keep, don't put me in it. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's cool. Right. So that was one of the things that I think, you know, just kept me out of it. And plus, you know, me, I'm an easy going, you know what I'm saying, kind of guy for real. You know, I don't be tripping. So it's like I try to, you know, mediate the situation always before, you know, it go to, you know, the next level. You know what I mean? Because I always feel like, you know, as men and as women and, you know what I'm saying, as a people, we can, we need, we can always talk about stuff, you know what I'm saying, before you just react. Because some, a lot of people are let like a, you know, a 10 second decision get them like 50 years, you see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? When you could have just thought about that, you would just, you know, calm down like, okay, hold on, now you scrape, you know what I'm saying? But instead yeah. you reacted and then now you, you know what I'm saying, fucked up, so. Yeah. Yeah, what's one of the biggest differences between, um, if you want to say, old Atlanta and new Atlanta? Well, the biggest difference is all these, all these foreign cars riding around this thing, you know what I'm saying? All these strip clubs, you feel what I'm saying? It's like all these clubs, you know, the nightlife, you know. Uh, you know, Atlanta is growing, you know, the soccer team, the new, the new stadium, you know, so, you know, honestly, you know, I don't understand, you know, why people, you know, try to, you know, say, okay, this is the old Atlanta, this is the new Atlanta, because Atlanta, to me, is just Atlanta, you feel me, and it's always evolving. You know, even from when we was coming up, you know, mm-hmm. it was evolving, you know yeah. what I mean? So, you know, and I feel like technology is gonna always evolve. So, like I said, like we used to go do in-stores, people would stand in line for like three days, spend the night, wait just to come for you to sign a CD. Mm-hmm. Now you don't have to do that. You can yeah. just buy it on your phone. You just say, but you, but, you know, the pros and cons is, okay, now this building, okay, can hold like just say two million people. You know, but online now you can sell five billion records. So you mm-hmm. touching more people with the technology. So, you know, old Atlanta and new Atlanta, I feel like Atlanta is Atlanta and what we have always been is innovative. We've always been black, you know what I mean? We have always been strong. We always stick together. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what brings a lot of people to, you know, Atlanta because when you come here is, you know, you feel the Southern hospitality mm-hmm. and you get a chance to see other people that look just like you doing good when you, where you, where you came from, those same people that was doing good might have looked down on you, mm-hmm. but these people doing good and they like, oh, bro, we gonna help you. You right. do what? Come right. on, all right, yeah, we need you, boy. We, yeah. You see what I'm saying? So it's a different type of, you know, vibe when you come to the city. Nah, for sure. A lot of people that sit on this porch normally say that the biggest difference between Atlanta and their city is the fact that they come down here and people are more open to you and you know just um 
the, you know, the unity that at least they feel and that they see amongst certain artists down exactly. here, just how people work together. You know, that's something that attracts a lot of people. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. I, I, I had this dude, uh, he called me, he was from, um, I think he was coming from uh, Alabama, I think he said, okay. and you know, and he was just like, Man, like, man, I love Atlanta, man. I don't know what y'all got going on, but, man, everybody's so cool, so nice. I was like, yeah, man. I was like, now, it's a tricky city now. You know, it, don't, right. don't get it twisted now, right. you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, it look good. That's why, you know, people want to come and visit. Yeah. But, you know what I'm saying? We still the finesse capital, you know what I'm saying? We're going to get your ass, for real. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you see what I'm saying? It's like, like, it that can happen anywhere to anybody right. and i feel like it's just more eyes on the city just because you know it's just it's just eyes on the city so yeah. it's like you know all eyes on you one thing happened over the oh no everybody loves mcdonald's fries so yes you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home um but the bag did feel a little light Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. how you did it but if the same person do the same thing they sweeping under the rug like yeah. it ain't going on so wow. you know i just think that you know us as a city and as a people we represent ourselves well and as long as we keep doing the same thing they ain't gonna be able to knock it, knock it for real yeah mm-hmm. man what's up with the water boys here in atlanta i feel hey, like man, it's hey, a whole different vibe from hey, any other city i'm telling you now hey i'm gonna tell you one thing about the water boys bro every time i see the water boys i see myself in them selling candy when i when i when i was like you know man fuck that shit i need my need that i need to go get this you know what i'm saying so i got out and hustled up my own thing but i wasn't selling water i was selling cookies candy juices three lockers full of candy you see what i'm saying no books in them you know my books at i got books and other four lockers you know what i'm saying so it was like i see that in 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 them you know what i mean but it's just they 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 doing it they doing it differently because once again we evolved so now instead of why why go you sell some candy when you sell some water and somebody might just pull up throw you a hundo you know yeah. what I'm saying? you're like all right cool because they respect the grind too because mm-hmm. once again they remember when they was there mm-hmm. so you know i mean i respect the grind and i say man just keep it up man because i seen one i seen this one water boy he started out with a, a cup of water now he got a whole stand oh wow stole with everything <laughs> chips and everything yeah. i'm like man that's what's up man. got the whole corner store yeah, out there yeah. so it's basically it's sometimes sometimes you know it'd be a blessing in disguise it's actually teaching them business yeah, for you sure. know what i mean but you know what i mean it's also teaching them you know a real grind hustle mentality how you how you once your business ran right, you got to get up and go get the water. You got to be out there selling it. You got to count your own money. Because yeah. if not, then they're going to take it from you. Yeah, getting it out the mud will definitely teach you a lot of those business lessons that you don't even know that you're learning because a lot of times we doing these things out of survival. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? It's exactly. almost like fight or flight. Like exactly. if I don't do this, I'm not going to eat. But then you acquire all these like different you know, business skills, exactly. you know what I mean, without exactly. even knowing it. Mm-hmm. Man, when did you meet uh, Big Oom? Well, I met Big Oom around, around, I think my senior year in high school. So and how was, did you meet him? Through DJ Jelly. So okay. I, I was actually doing a talent show, so I needed a, um, a mix, like a show CD. Mm-hmm. So I go up to an old, uh, I went to Greenbrier Flea Market. Mm. That's, that's when they used to have the flea markets and they had the stores in them. So I would go to Greenbrier Flea Market. I go in there, DJ Voodoo, once again, a great DJ. 
goes, I go and now I'm like, man, I'm trying to find me, I need a mixtape. So he's like, man, I can get, I can get you a, a, a show CD, you know what I'm saying? Make it like a mixtape show, so I'm like, perfect. So he said, look, I'm gonna give you my dog DJ Jelly number, and then, you know what I'm saying, maybe, you know what I'm saying, you can pay him and he'll do the mixtape. Mm -hmm. So he's, I say, okay, cool. So now I go DJ Jelly, I call him up. He's like, yeah, man, come over, pull up on 1079. So, you know, now to this day, the office still, the 1079, we go pull up over there. Jelly, he make the mixtape. As, I mean, he making the show CD. This was for a song I had did called uh, Forrest Gump, you know, Run, Forrest, Run. Mm -hmm. so, he, so he making the mix CD, he making, he making the thing. So as he making it, he like, man, it's a nice song, man. He like, you know, we about to start a new, a new record label, man, called Big On Records. I was like, for real? He was like, yeah, man, we just uh, signed Major Bank. We need some more people, you know what I'm saying, um, to get on. He's like, you down? I'm like, yeah, shit, I'm down. And then next day, two, three days, met Big On. And Big On, he was like, yeah, man, you know, I'll fuck with you, man. And so then, yeah. you know what I'm saying, just, the rest is history. But at that time, you know, like I say, it's like sometimes, you know, it go back to what we were saying, you do things and you don't even know what you're doing it for. You just doing it because you love the people you're around, you love the music. It ain't about the money, it's about, you know, the position. You see what I'm saying? So, you know, at that time, you know, that's what it was all about and it's still all about that to me, you know what I'm saying, with them. So, you know, you know, he welcomed his arms, opened his arms and, you know, so to this day, like he the first, first person ever gave me a chance like actually on the music side that listened to me like yeah okay I, I, I you know I mess with you so you can never take that for granted and I always you know what I'm saying respect him for that yeah. so I met him then we just started rocking from there basically oh. came with a little chopper toy yeah you know what I'm saying <laughs> off the chain and and just, and then even when we was doing those records, mm -hmm. those albums, it was stuff on there that, like, I didn't even like. And we used to always debate about it. Like, I mean, I don't like that, I don't like that. But just nine times out of ten, all the songs that I never liked, them was the hits. Huh, wow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That they fit. They're yeah. like, yeah, man, I'm just So don't let Baby D pick out the singles. Don't let Baby D pick out the singles. That's funny. So at this time, when you uh, first linked with uh, Big Oom, did they have uh, the multiple record stores in the city at this time? Was that already established? Well, actually, at that time, it was more of not the record stores. It was the the um, the, the the Big Oom record stores that was in the flea markets. Now we evolved from the flea markets to the main like the main storefront stores, gotcha. mm -hmm. and that was a process. But it all started from the mixtapes gotcha, and the mixtapes gotcha. selling them, you know, wholesaling them to the moms and pops mm -hmm. in the countries around, you know, the DBS sounds mm -hmm. and the, the, all those type of places. And they would, they would get our music out to those little country towns that we start, you know, traveling down there to do music, doing in stores at their stores. So then we came up with the idea, well actually Big Oom came up with the idea to come back home and basically do the same thing. Mm -hmm. But so we can, cause we had, at that time, it was like Turtles and you know, uh, Blockbuster music and those were like your major chains. So it was a lot of talent 
though that Atlanta was producing that couldn't make it into those stores. Mm -hmm. Same way, that's why they were mom and pop stores. So they could bring it to us on a consignment deal and we could get your stuff hot. And you know, cause people was coming in for the mixtapes anyway. And they'd be like, who that song you put on there? And then they'd be like, oh, that's the new T.I. or that's the new Bone Crusher, that's the new Ooh, Ooh. And then they just buying it. So yeah. that was, that's how the whole big on record store thing started. But like, like I said, when I started, they we it, it started from like the beginning like you know it was like a I, basically i stumbled across the gold mine and you know and i was like wow you know yeah. so that's how it happened with, with big on you know so they it, i think they were still doing selling them out the trunks wow. the trunk and um and like i said green by flea market because mm -hmm. that's why you know i met voodoo so yeah. that was like one of their first stores mm -hmm. right there so all right no that's mm -hmm. what's up that's mm -hmm. what's up um i feel like uh like in those days, those were like some of the early days you were hearing the Texas guys like moving it out the trunk too. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not talking about like the, I'm not talking about, well, this was even before like the Slim Thug Mike Jones and them exactly. era, but you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Exactly. But like they were big in Texas, you yeah. know, doing that and having their own distribution. Yeah, and, uh, and, and in New Orleans too. Mm. And in New Orleans, cause you know, that's how, you know, P them started. Yeah. That's the P and that's how uh, yeah. Cash Money started, yeah. straight yeah. out the trunk. You know, so, yeah. you know, that that was the original grind. Right. But like you say, with the new era, it's like you, 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 all you got to do is just put one button mm -hmm. and you can meet, reach millions and millions of followers. So it, it did take, you know, it took the, you know, the, the grind and the gristle to make you appreciate it more. Right. You know, it took that out of it. But like I said, it did, you know, expand the reach. It can yeah. expand your reach. And, you know, it's always a pleasure when you can get your art from heard you know now it took the hand to hand definitely out of the game a yeah. little more mm -hmm. um, so now you came out during a, a really interesting time uh you know uh, of hip-hop i feel like because during the time that you came out there were a lot of arguments about whether atlanta or memphis you know started crunk music um and uh, I feel like, you know, a, a lot of the music during that time, you know, like it all like was, you know, sort of in the same pocket. Exactly. Um, were you guys back then, like, did y'all ever catch flack or have issues or, or just hear those, that type of chatter? You know well, what I'm saying? Well, no. And, um, and, and then, and I went into, and, and, and like with Memphis music and, you know, with Atlanta music, it's like, and same thing with Florida music. It's like, it's, it's basically all the same. We, we, we all bite off each other a little bit, you know, like like the crunk era started off with 3-6 Mafia, you know, to so tear the club up. Yeah. That was like, you know, the first, the first, like the first time I ever seen the crowd fucking some shit up. That was like I ever seen the crowd react that way. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? So I would say that was a song that drove me to do ATL ho, East Side, West Side, songs like that because I love to see the teller club or the crowd participation when they was chanting the songs along with the hook. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? So that was my motivation. Sure. Now, you know, for as when something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 
That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. For the other artists in Atlanta, you know, I don't know what drove them to, you know, make crunk music. But I feel like all music started off with a, with a drum kick. Mm-hmm. You know, and we all bite off a little bit of each other because, the, you know, I feel like Miami came with the booty shape, like the fast music first. Yeah. And then we just took it and sauced it up. And now, you know, now we got dance music, mm-hmm. my booze and all that type of record. So, you know, I mean, I feel like we all tied together. And that's why we got such a tight hold on this music industry from Memphis to, to Florida, mm-hmm. to Atlanta, mm-hmm. you know, the Tennessee, not, I mean, not Tennessee, but Alabama, mm-hmm. like all those little, that whole little South little connect right there, even yeah. Texas, you know yeah. what I'm saying? That whole little South connect right there. I, that's why it's hard to infiltrate the music because we can hit you from any one of these states mm-hmm. and it's gonna kind of sound like it all came from Atlanta, but you know, it's like, it's just, it's just the feel. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and like you said, like each of these places are distinct where, yeah, like the, the lifestyle might be somewhat similar. Like I bet you in, multiple most of these cities like in the south you know folks riding chevys you know exactly. what i mean folks riding uh exactly. bo- you know box chevys and exactly. you know what i mean now it might be a different style of how they do it in a different region exactly. florida got their way of how exactly. they do it different exactly. from how you do it here in the a mm-hmm. or you know what i mean but nah I, yeah and i always say that and, and then it's i'm I, you know i ain't gonna lie when i go i go to florida and i might see something i'm like ooh. I'm finna get that and I'm gonna do that at home because I ain't mm-hmm. seen nobody with that. You know, so sometimes, you know, that's how you that's how you get your knowledge. You got to go out and explore because mm-hmm. you might see something that somebody else don't see. You know, so you have to go out and go to these different places and go talk to these different people and see to know that, yeah, they the same. We all basically the same. It's just yeah. a different lingo. Mm-hmm. It's just we rock our clothes like this. Y'all rock y'all clothes like this. But we still the same. Yeah, you know what uh, I mean? most definitely, most definitely. Um, so, your classic song, East, East Side versus West Side, mm-hmm. can you tell us how that song came about? And, and that's but, featuring Lil C. Yeah, R- rest R- in peace, Lil yeah. C. Um, well, actually, we was in the warehouse, and, um, and then, and, 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 and I think, you know, you know, I seen the crowd, and we was, we was standing right there, and we seen the crowd, and it was like, East Side, ho, West Side, ho. Eastside ho. So me and Lil C was like, okay. So I'm like, man, we need to do that song, bro. We need to make that a song. Cause the crowd was just chanting. And I forgot what they was chanting to. I think they might've been chanting to tell the club or something. You know what I'm saying? But I know, so I asked him, I was like, man, we need to do that song. He was like, yeah. So then I'm like, look, I'm from the east side. So I'm gonna do the east side. And then you from the west side, you gonna do the west side. So then we went in, I think we went in that next day. Mm-hmm. and did that song and then and even then we didn't know it was gonna have the impact that it did you know like how it did and yeah. to this day you know that song they still you know talking about, man I, man every time they play that song man I used to beat everybody up man yeah. all my, all everybody i see every time i see that the first thing they see man you know how many fights that song got me in uh-huh. i was like yeah bro i can believe it because they banned it too they was banning it in certain wow. places like don't do the east side, west side. I don't care what you do, but don't do the east side. We do it anyway. They yeah. throw us out and all that kind of <laughs> shit. They tell the club, boy, man, I'm like, <laughs> uh-huh. But it will be fun times, though, because 
even though all that was going on, nobody never got killed, you know what I'm saying? Nobody never got shot, you know what I'm saying? It was just a bunch of fights. Yeah. And everybody go home, come home, come back next week, and yeah. it'll be all good. So. I mean, I, that was that was in the day where you could shoot the fair one and come back the next day to, yeah, you know what I mean? It's like, like live to fight another day, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Now everybody just, just, just trigger happy and yeah. don't even know how to hold the gun. Yeah, you know? but I really think that more come from, you know, just the social media aspect, you know, because, you know, sometimes, you know, when, when you get into a situation like that, you know, it'd be more personal, you know, it, it'd be about some people, you know, be more embarrassed than anything. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So they just have to feel like, well, okay, I'm just do this. But once again, to go back to the, you know, the 10 seconds, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? You could have thought about what you did, but now when you sitting down, you know what I mean, 30, 40, 50 years, you like, damn, man, I shouldn't have did that shit. Right. You know, it, it don't even be worth it. I could have just, you know, just got up, went home, and caught his ass that week. Yeah. Just like, all right, I'm ready back now. I'm going to beat your ass. Yeah, <laughs> you know right, what I'm saying? Right. Something, man. But, you know, man, life life lessons, you have to go through things. Yeah. You know, you have to really experience that type of thing to 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 to, to know, you know what I mean, how to, how to act. Because I could tell you this all day because I done heard it. You right, know what I'm right. But I didn't listen. Yeah. You know, but when I went through things, I understood now. Oh, that's what he was saying. Oh, mm -hmm. that was my grandma. Oh, that was she was saying. Now yeah. I see what she talking about. Mm -hmm. So, word, word. You know what Yo, what's um, what's one of the things that you feel like maybe somebody told you back in the day that you didn't listen to, but then as you grew older, you was like, damn, that that makes so much sense, or you started moving you know, in a different way, you know what I mean, because you matured. You well, know? when she, my grandma go back to her, she instilled a lot of game in me. Mm. And she always told me that it's nothing new up under the sun. Mm. So basically, all the, the little slick stuff I was trying to do, that she, she was like, you know, she done raised, you know, her sons, my mama is, is her daughter, you know what I'm yeah. saying? So you think you doing something, I done raised your mama, you know, so she always, she used to always say, ain't nothing new up under the sun. And as you see, like back then we was rocking Jordans, high tops, you know, this, that, and the other, and then they just bring them right back. Now you mm -hmm. see the same thing, Jordans, mm -hmm. high tops, you know, high top shirt, high top fades, you know, the, the the clothes, the glasses, like it's all coming back. It's just like ain't nothing new up under the sun. Everything that that you that that you done seen, you gonna see it again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. no, for sure, for sure. Now, um you were also uh you were also around and in the mix um when uh you know Big Meech and you know the whole BMF uh movement came here to Atlanta. Can yeah. you kinda can you kinda speak on that? Because Man. that was like a whole that was that was that was when the world changed hmm. i don't know if if you if you if you heard what i said that was when the world changed my brother i'm telling you and and people can say what they want to say but that was the first time that i ever seen a bunch of black guys all together shining at the same time you feel what I'm saying? When I'm I'm talking about shine, and I ain't talking about like you know Chevys and Monte Carlos. That's what we. That's what at that time. That's what was bothering. Like the big old rims, the more money you have. You yeah. feel what I'm saying? At that time, but we never seen you know a group of guys just like us. You know, pulling up in like Lambos and Ferraris, and you know we are. We never even thought that high. Mm -hmm. 
you see, as as a people, I feel. You see what I'm saying? I know. I think that we never ever as people. You know, it's probably like movie stars and stuff who never we never interacted with. You know, that probably felt like you know that that's that's how they live. But as you know, just coming from the streets, you know what I'm saying? You never even rappers weren't doing that. You know what I mean? You never seen a bunch of rappers pulling up like this. Yeah. So that the first time I actually I actually got a got a taste was when. I seen them at Jazzy T's, mm -hmm. and then like that was the first time I ever seen somebody throwing money in there. Yeah. Cause that one that was disrespectful huh. at 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 the time. You know okay. they didn't want you to throw the money like uh, the gentlemen clubs stuff like that. You can't throw money on the ground. Like the girls be like, hey, you might get kicked out. <laughs> you know so what, like people, so back then it was like like how you see on TV yeah, somebody no, it, putting it, the it money was, in the yeah, yeah, it wasn't like, no ones. It wasn't no ones. It was. You owe me twenty dollars, and you give you twenty dollars in her hand, and she and it, that's it. It wasn't no. So I go to the Jazzy T, right? I go to Jazzy T one day. DJ Funky, hey, he could contest to this story. DJ uh, Funky, chap, and Skeeter, cause they was in there DJing. I swear to God, Kool Aid, he was there too. So look, we in there, right? So like, they favorite song was uh, "So Icy." With uh, Gucci, Jeezy, and um, and uh, Lil Will. Yeah. So, I guess they might have told him to play that song or something. They went up there. I guess they told the DJ, you know. See, I didn't know. You know, I'm just coming in there, right? Mm -hmm. So I guess, I guess this is my first time ever seeing it. I just like, damn, who the hell is this? And they like, oh, that that be another one. That big leech, no. So I'm like, dang, okay. So I go in there, and I see them thought, man at least about a good 20. And at that time, 20 racks just to throw in the club and it was never heard of. Yeah. They never know, and, and get 20 bottles. And that was never heard of. Like, you folks weren't even buying bottles. It was like, did you, did y'all bring y'all bottles in or something? Like, where these bottles come from? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, so, I seen that, man. And that time, you know, I didn't, I didn't, who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Even know what, what, what I had, it had to register, right? Mm -hmm. So then I go back home and I tell my girl, I'm like, man, I said, man, I just seen some folks just throwing money in the club. Like, I never seen this. Like, I'm like a kid in the can. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, they just throwing the money away, like just throwing this shit. And I, I was like not knowing that 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 was the first time that like you know make it rain. That's where make it rain came from. Mm -hmm. Right then at Jazzy T's, right then Big Beach throwing money everywhere. Mm -hmm. So then to make it rain, and then to go to Scrokers, and then it went to Scrokers, mm -hmm. then it come from Scrokers, and it just just evolved and it became like, you know what I'm saying, a good play, play to everybody was just hearing about these successful black men, you know what I'm saying, doing, you know what I'm saying, good. And me, I came in on the music side, you know, with, with Blue Da Vinci, you know what I'm saying, and Jeezy was around, you know, so we all was on the music side, Lil C was around. Mm -hmm. So we was just, you know, doing the music, you know what I mean? So by me coming in and seeing on the music side, and we had the entertainment side going crazy, it's like that was, uh, one of my lessons to experience yeah. these different cultures and you know and realizing that 
even in LA, they like this type of music. Yeah. And even down here, you know, that was my first time meeting Rick Ross down mm -hmm. in Miami. Like when he had the first song, Every Day on Hustle, I'm like, you know, like, dang, okay, I can fuck with this. Right, you know what I'm right. saying? Like, and that was my first time hitting that record. Yeah. Man, so, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's so much, you know, that, 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 you know, I feel like the fam, they brought to the industry, you know what I'm saying, as far as the, how people rap, you know, how people shoot their videos, how people want to, you know, rock a lot of jewelry and stuff now, you know, driving the foreign cars, you know, and, you know, just, just living a lifestyle, you know yeah. what I'm saying, living a, a, a millionaire lifestyle, yeah. you know, and, and I feel like, you know, that, that he contributed that to you know what I'm saying to to us as a culture because at, at one at one point we were limited to think you know to limit it to the, the 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 way that we felt like we could live yeah. you see what I'm saying because now if you see Atlanta you know, went from ride Chevys to you know Monte Carlos to everybody in some foreign yeah. you know everybody Rolex stuff you know mm -hmm. so that's and that's the growth of the city right. you know and that's what you want to see you know you don't want to see us back riding around and this that no right, that's right. why when you come you like wow what the hell am I in a music video yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying yeah, no, it's crazy. We, yeah it's the growth and we and I feel like we're gonna continue to grow because they got a lot of big plans that they doing like they just did uh the hip-hop black wall walk walk of fame okay, or something yeah. like that you know what i'm saying so you know uh that's that's gonna be big they they got they Atlanta's about to be no crazy. for sure i mean even like things like you know even things like the trap museum exactly you know what I'm saying? exactly like, the trap museum things like that just paying homage to the culture to the culture know? yeah so. and i and all that came from you know what i'm saying the influence that you know what I'm saying, big meets, you know what I'm saying, brought to the game, you know what I'm saying, and and you know how young Jeezy, you know, explained it, you know what I mean, and how he, you know, how he he projected it and gave you, you know what I'm saying, a look inside, you know what I'm saying, to the mob and you know how how we was how we was balling through the music. Yeah. You know what I mean? You felt them, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, it it's so much, man, that, you know, that that at sometimes you miss those days and then at sometimes you back, sit back and you reflect and be like dang i missed that lesson dang man I, dang if i knew what i knew now then i would have did it differently yeah. you know what i mean so it's just like i said my one more thing my grandma always say every lesson gonna cost you you know what I mean? It's gonna cost you something. You know, yeah, it might cost sure. you one dollar. It might cost you ten dollars. It yeah. might cost you some time, but it's gonna cost you something. So every lesson that you learn, know that you gonna pay for it. That's real. That's mm -hmm. so real. And, and, and you gotta move around, hoping that you don't make one of them moves where the where the lesson costs you your life. Exactly. You feel me? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so, that's real nah, talk. That's what's up, man. Granny always gonna 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 come with yeah. some with some and dope. She, and she's gonna say it's so soft too. Right. So with to where go over your head till you really mm -hmm. sit down and think about it, like damn i remember she told me and now i see what she's saying right yeah man, i love it nah, that's what's up that's what's up um so did you watch the uh bmf show did you get into that first season yeah i watched a little bit i watched yeah. the season yeah, it was pretty good man yeah. but see all that all that you know you know it's all about you know what big meets you know how he was coming up in the right, Detroit right, right. scene. you know what I'm saying when i met when my, when I, my first time meeting them 
was, you know, in Atlanta. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm waiting for, you know, season Same. two. I want to see what's yeah, going Yeah, like on I'm, I'm, I'm definitely city. interested to yeah, see. I'm, 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 I'm big, and big shout out to Lil Meach too, because, yeah. you know, he, I feel like he's doing a great job at the role. You know what I mean? Playing his dad, you yeah. know what I mean? Everybody, the whole cast over there, they going crazy. Yeah, so, and he took it serious. Like, yeah, acting take it real serious, yeah, like, man. You know, you know so you got yeah. to be, that's, and, that's, and that's another thing, you know what I'm saying? You got to have that business mind. It's not always about, you know what I'm saying, getting in front of the camera or being at the club drinking bottles and all that. It's like what you do outside of that that makes you great, you know what I'm saying? And for him to go take the acting classes and take it serious, you know, I can tell that, and, and the rest of the world, I know they can tell that he's gonna be a great actor. Yeah, mm -hmm. no, for sure. Um, the song ATL Ho, mm -hmm. with uh, you, Archie Eversole, and uh, Pastor Troy. Yeah, man, rest in peace to Archie too, Yeah, man, man. rest in peace Archie That's Eversole, crazy, man. man. Um, can you talk about that song, and um, if you remember, like, the studio session, you know, from that song, and like, how, you know, how that came about. Cause I mean, that's a true anthem. Atlanta song. You know. Well, once again, that was one of those records that we slept on, you know, cause at that time, I think we was banking on Bag Up, the record I had with Pastor Troy, Bag mm -hmm. Up, mm -hmm. Ear So that's what the one that we was really pressing for. Okay, so we already had Pastor Troy, you know, he was, he was one of like, like one of our main supporters, like we was, his main supporter and still is to the day. So he would always be around, you know, and we'll send him records and he'll send us records and we would always swap out records. So we was in the studio one day and then I, you know, I just was like, man, I, I think, I think they were saying, cause we had already came up with the East Side Ho, East Side. So, so I was like, man, you know, I guess, you know, at that time, as you can see, we was taking a little bit of the Memphis style because everything was, yeah, ho, mm -hmm. yeah, ho, you know what I'm saying? It was all about ho, 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 this, ho, that. So, so it was like, so I was like, man, fuck it, ATL, ho. So it was like, we, we killed, we already won with the East Side, ho. Yeah. So why not say ATL, ho? It's like, shit, we need a Atlanta song, ATL, ATL. So, and, and, and that's how it came about. So I did my verse. So we was thinking, cause I, you know, we was trying to, you know, like, like who we need to make the song great. Mm -hmm. So then we was like, okay, we need to get Pastor Troy, cause he, yeah, we ready. It's yeah. a, it's an ATL, and we ready. Everybody mm -hmm. like, and then we had Archie, mm -hmm. but at that time they was kind of look low key beefing. You oh. know, say this is this is a, inside a secret. So they at that time they was low key beefing, cause you know Archie and Pastor Troy they used to beef a lot. You know what I'm saying? But so. I was like, man, I was like, but I fought with Archie and I fought with Troy, you know, since I was like, dang, man. I was like, man, Archie and me, Archie and Troy be fine on this song. And they was like, man, you know, whoop, whoop, whoop. So to make a long story short, we had, we got Troy on it, you know what I'm saying? Then we got Archie on it, you see what I'm saying? And just, and put the song together. And then that's how it came about. So it wasn't like we was just in the studio, like smoking and just like, man, fuck this shit, man. We from Atlanta, let's do ATL. No, it wasn't like that. It was more like, you know, like we, you know, like like how you really do a song, you just piece it together. Right. But once again, it wasn't one of those songs that we just felt like it was just a represent song. Mm -hmm. You know, like we gonna just represent for the city, you know, like that. But then when it caught on, like how it caught on, it was like, wow. And like to this day, it's still relevant. And they still playing it, and you know, people still give it the same reaction because you know, once again, 
you know, I was making music based on a feeling, and I love my city, so it was like, I want a person from Atlanta to when they, they hear this song to be proud to be from Atlanta. ATL, yeah. I'm from Atlanta, Shotty, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, that's all that shit came about, man. But I'm glad, you know, that, 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 that Troy jumped on that thing, you know what I'm saying? Rest in peace once again to Archie. I'm glad he jumped on it because I don't think it would have been as big as it is if they oh, didn't yeah. get on it. Nah, you know, he was riding it, on yeah, they, yeah, they 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 did their thing. And they was big artists, you know what I'm saying? We wish they still big artists, you know, at that time. You yeah. know, Troy had the we ready going crazy. So for him to take out of his time to come and to even do that, you know what I'm saying, was a blessing. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, nah, that's what's up, man. Now, baby D, you was one of the like I'm gonna give you your flowers, man. You were like, I feel like one of the like more influential artists, um, you know, when you was coming out, like, I mean, from your style to like your style of clothes, like how you was dressing, I feel like you was one of the like first cats that was kind of, you know, mixing like designer and different brands mm -hmm. that cats just might not have been up on, mm -hmm. but keeping it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like how we, like how we move in the neighborhood, exactly. you know what I mean? Exactly. Like not, not too over the top, but you was one of those people that was, you know, that was doing that and even your music, man. Mm. Um, do you feel that, you know, when people are talking about Atlanta and, and, and you know, the history of the scene, um, do you do you feel that your name is brought up enough? Do you feel that Big Oomp Records, you know, that, that you guys are brought up enough? Well, I, I, one thing that I know, like, you know, a big shout out to the folks, you know what I'm saying, at P-Valley, cause you know, they sampled the East Side, West Side mm -hmm. on the Mississippi Pride song. And then, you know, the dude, the Murder, you know, he just gave him a shout out, like, you know, it's Baby D. So, you know, like my name, is always relevant, you feel what I'm saying? And I feel like Big on Records name is always relevant. And I always feel like that people always remember you from the last thing you did, you feel what I'm saying? So that's how you build your reputation. And from, from Big on Records, you know what I'm saying, to AMG, to, you know what I'm saying, to Baby D, all the way on down, it's like, we, you know, we always representing ourselves well mm -hmm. and left a good taste in folks' mouth. Mm -hmm. So we can always come back and anytime you hear those names, it's a brand, mm -hmm. you know, and I say that sometimes, you know, that my name is bigger than my music. Mm -hmm. And sometimes my music is bigger than my name. Like, man, I ain't know you saying that. Yeah, are you a baby then? Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I get that more than I would get, you know what I'm saying, anything else, which is all good because I know that you know at least people still talking about you right. you know what i'm saying but when people stop talking about you that's when you should be worried it's like but as long as people still talking about you you know we got the Oomp count live tv show it just got picked up with fox soul oh, so we up. got that coming out so it's like we all because you're not in the limelight all the time doesn't mean that you're not working or you're not relevant, right, you feel right. what I'm saying? So sometimes you can't just look past the little guy, you know what I'm saying, or that you think is the little guy because that's really the big guy, hmm. you know what I mean? He just, just chilling, you yeah. know what I'm saying? So that's how it works sometimes. So um, like, you know, I feel like, you know, as far as Atlanta history, like, shit, ATL was stamped in Atlanta history. You know, I feel like Big Room Records is for sure stamped in Atlanta history because it, we opened up doors for a lot of artists from Atlanta, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I feel like that that's, that's one thing that you can't, you know, you can't, you can't deny, you know? So it's, I think it's gonna always, we, we gonna always be relevant. Yeah. 
Sure. Even though if people don't say, oh yeah, they did this, they did that, you know what I'm saying? Cause it was like, you supposed to know, you know? Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You from Atlanta, you supposed to already know. Right, supposed exactly. to be Exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, what you, uh, what, what are you working on currently? Like what, what can the people expect, you know, from Baby D um, coming up? Well, I got this, uh, this movie I'm working on, uh, Smoke Out, I'm about to get ready to drop that. You know, me and my dog KP um, got the new label about to crank off uh, Atlanta Music Group. Uh, um, my dog, my, my got an artist Leak. You know, he gonna he about to go crazy. Uh, working on another project called Unexpected Behavior with Blue Gold, uh, Swag Official. I got a clothing line coming. Mm -hmm. You know, one okay. more Swag Official. Right. Uh, dang man, it's so much man. Big Oomp, we got Oomp Count Live TV show yeah. coming. Y'all was ahead of the game with uh, Oop Camp Live. Oop Camp Live, I mean, yeah. that was a that was a TV show playing in the early two, late nineties, early two thousands. Exactly like, on Channel sixty nine. Yeah. And once again, I, you know, all we wanted to do was give a give a platform for the unheard. You feel what I'm saying? And at that, that at that time, you had your BET jams, you had your MTV, and they weren't just once again accepting anybody videos. You yeah. know, you had to be go through a certain channel. But we built that platform for those people yeah. because it was a lot of, like like uh, like Outkast had like Outkast said the South had something to say. So it was a bunch of talent down here. Yeah. You know that people just was sleeping on. Mm -hmm. So we just gave them a platform, and it worked out for everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, it worked out for everybody. We was right there next to Unreal Star, rest in peace. Yeah. yeah, we was right there next to Unreal. Uh -huh. And that was one of my favorite shows, American Rap Makers. Yeah. So that he gave me the inspiration when I was doing the Count Live TV show. Uh -huh. and, and like, we got the same cast, you know, doing it now too. So, you know, it's gonna be, it's gonna be real big. So other than that, hosting, uh, you know, got a snack shack, you know, I, you know, I'm just doing, trying to be a, a business man. You know what I'm saying? You gotta have 10 different hustles you know, uh, 10 different business to be successful, you know? Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I'm trying to have 10 different things going on. So those 10 forms of income, and then you can always, you know, go to this one, go to this one, go to this one, go to this one, but it always tie together at the yeah. same time, so. Okay, word. Yeah. Can you give us uh, two of your favorite um, restaurants in Atlanta from the east side, you know what I'm saying? It could be something that's not even open nowadays, and it could be something Hodges, current. Hodges, Hodges would have been my first go-to, man. Okay. They, they done shut down Hodges, man. That was barbecue, and, right? Yes, yeah. man. It was okay. right down Camel Road. Yeah. You know, they was, man, it's rest in peace to Hodges, man. And believe it or not, I like Piccadilly, man. Oh, word. Okay. Yeah, right there next to it. Right there at Camel, right there in uh, South Dakota. South Dakota Mall, yes, yeah. Yes, sir. I go in there and grab me a little steak and uh, <laughs> one of the little cute steaks every once in a while. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And now, what are two of your favorite clubs that back in your day of, of, of you know what I'm saying, having records playing in the clubs and, 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 and well, you know what I mean? Show the warehouse. Yeah. Because the warehouse was like one of our places that, you know, basically, you know, kind of basically just built our our career, you know, as 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 artists. You know, that's where we used to go and 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 party, and you know, and, and see and perform and stuff like that. And and another one would be probably man, the bounce man. I miss the old bounce. Mm. You know, they changed it to the bank now. You know okay. what I'm saying? Yeah. But I miss the old bounce man because. 
Man, it was so many five concerts in the bounce. We did so many five concerts in the bounce. I remember three six mafia right? came to the bounce. Yeah, yeah, that's on the west side, man. I you know, I know you say on the east side, but man, <laughs> I, mean, I like at that time we had like Sharon Showcase. You know, that would be my east side Sharon yeah. Showcase, and then like Golden Glide. You know, because mm -hmm. we really didn't have to. Sharon was like a, the first, you know, teenage mm -hmm. like situation, a club club situation on the east side. So. That would have been my like my only club I would go to. That's why that's what like I met like kids at rock and you know, like DJ Smurf and all them, you know, that's when they were doing the booty shaking. Luke came and so we got we got a bunch of that freak neat era over there. Yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. okay. Forgot to ask you this earlier. Who were some of your influences when you were coming up? Like who were some of the artists that you was you know, that you was that you was into, that you was Well, Kilo for sure. Okay. That was one of my biggest influences, uh, but you know, Kilo for sure. I also like um, my boy Slick Rick. Mm. I like Slick Rick too because I like the way he told stories. Oh, yeah. You know, and how he how he played with words. Yeah. Um, show Outcast. You know, Outcast. You know, I I grew up to them, listening to them, yeah. the whole Dungeon Family. Um, you know, Tupac, you know, for sure, you know, it's just like music, music is like music to me, so, but, so I have a lot of different influence, because, like I say, all music, different, different types of music and different artists, they make you feel a certain type of way, mm -hmm. so they'll make you tap into a feeling, so it's like, you know, like, good tomorrow, how you want to go eat some soul food, you yeah. know what I'm saying, outcast, how you want to be on some southern playlistic pimping right. type shit, you know what I'm saying, you hear the club, or, oh, now I'm ready to tie the club, or, you feel what I'm saying, so it's like, I would listen to all these different artists, and I would see, like, what they was doing, and then in my subconscious, I was, I just get, I guess, just gaining, just soaking it all up. So yeah. when it was my turn, it was like it was just natural to to control the crowd, to be a DJ, to say, okay, I'm gonna make a song about a cup. All right, let's talk about drinking. Let's talk about the club. You yeah. know, and if you notice, all my music it's about partying, having fun. You know, you know, getting money. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. Representing where you from. Stuff like that. It's about you know, trying to make you feel good as a person, you know what I'm saying? Make you feel good and uplift you. And that's what a lot of people Decatur, Eastside, Martria, County Road, you know, so that was where I got, you know, the the one represent, you know, every time I say something about my side of town. Yeah. Um Baby D, you got any uh you got any shout outs or anything you wanna do? Yeah man, shout out to the whole fam, man. Follow me at Dizzle D I Z Z L-E-A-M-G 23, I'm all well, like a spider, bitch, shout out to A-M-G, bitch, shout out to Count, man, we in here, man, got some big things coming, you know what I'm saying, middle of the year, end of the year, so I don't want to spoil it, but y'all yeah. just be on the lookout for me, follow me. That's, that's what's up, man, man, appreciate you coming on the porch, man. Hey, man, appreciate for having me, man. Yes, sir, yes, sir. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, 
Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois.